Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I love, as I've mentioned before, I love talking to podcasters because again, and some of this stuff that you may be listening to, you're like, Brian, what? You know, I'm not a podcaster, but there's some things that will help you maybe become a better speaker, maybe become a better communicator that podcasters do well. And I have got a guy that that I have grown to really, he's become a good friend. And um, he is a podcaster himself. He'll talk about his podcasts, plural. See, I only have the mental capacity to do one. He does many. And he's an online guy himself. You can find him at WesWyatt.com. W-E-S-W-Y-A-T-T. WesWyatt.com. But fortunately for you, you don't have to leave this conversation to find Wes White because he's here on the Intentional Courage podcast. Wes, what's good today? How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? You know what? If I were any better, I'd have to be taken out and shot. <laughs> That's I how say if I was any better, I'd be twins. So I love that. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, let's start here. You and I met through a mutual friend of ours, Randy Chafee, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And I love sharing Randy's story. You know, he talked about being adopted when he was a little kid and some of the things he learned from his dad and um, his adoptive father and things like that. And so let's start here. The pandemic has enabled guys like Randy, guys like yourself, guys like me. Um, I started my podcasting journey in the in the beginning of the pandemic now i'd done live radio on a guest hosting basis for about 17 18 years so i was familiar with the medium and getting in front of a microphone and talking and, and carrying a conversation for three hours i'd done that on live radio but now it seems like more and more people are, are doing podcasting stuff because of the pandemic how did your world change how did your business change how did your podcasting change because of the pandemic and now that we're through the other side what's a lesson that you took from it that you'll carry after this is all over with oh boy that's a lot um well first and foremost well listen uh, you can handle it man that's why i gave <laughs> that's why that's why i gave you the ball because i knew you could run with it so yeah that, that 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 is a lot of information but uh the biggest thing for me is first and foremost the pandemic and this is a humble brag, didn't really have an effect on me in the sense of podcasting because I was already doing it. Uh, you know, so I was doing a podcast. I, I think uh, uh, we're running into just uh, about 116 episodes uh, of the one I do. And I do the, uh, the podcasting for Randy. And then of course I do my own podcast. So I was already podcasting. I was already working for myself. Uh, and the company that I do the lion's share of my work for does uh, safety signs and uh, tape. So as you can imagine, when we rolled into the, the pandemic, since they made stuff for, you know, walk here, do this, it was, you know, absolute great situation uh, from a bad situation. So it was a very, very... Uh, 
kind of abundant time for me during the pandemic. Uh, I hate saying that because I know so many people were having a, a real rough time, you know, getting by, but uh, it was actually, you know, two years of, of the best times that we'd had. Uh, yeah. But I would say that the lesson that I've taken away from it is, especially when you are dealing with people like Randy Chafee uh, that we just yeah. mentioned, uh, Randy is a road warrior. I mean, he is somebody that goes out and he might be shaking hands with an Amish, you know, gentleman or, 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 uh, probably a gentleman, uh, you know, in, in, uh, a field one place and with a gentleman or a, a lady in a boardroom in another place. Yeah. Uh, he's quite literally traveling the country, shaking hands, kissing babies. He knows when your kid graduated, uh, and not because he looked it up in a file of facts. Okay. He knows it because he knows it. Okay. So well, he's a modern day Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And, and we, we love and Randy. We know Randy's going to listen to this conversation. And, and we yeah. say that lovingly and kiddingly. Randy, yeah, Randy and, is and, good And people. the thing is, is I'm not telling you this story to pump him up or because he's a client <laughs> or because he's a friend. I'm telling yeah. you this because somebody like Randy, Randy is not a young guy. Okay. Yep. He'll joke with you and tell you that, you know, he, I will tell you, he'll he'll outrun everyone you know. Uh, yep. He has walked from here to Venezuela uh, in his in his walking app. I mean, he is just the Energizer Bunny, but he is that guy who lives in a very very traditional sales world. So when yep. COVID hit and he wasn't able to go and be Road Warrior Randy. He said, you know, what do I need to do to become, you know, Randy 1.0? And then he went to 1.5. And, yep. uh, you know, I think he's at, you know, 3.0 or something now. He's got more but, iterations than the iPhone. He does. I mean, yeah. and, and the reason why that's exciting is because he keeps growing. Okay. So someone like myself knows how to do all the stuff that I do. You know, we showed my war room earlier, but yep. when we were off camera, uh, and which, by the way, you don't need. Hey, but Wes, let's pivot there for a second. Forgive me for interrupting, but let's pivot there for a second. I, I love where you're where you're taking this this conversation because here's the thing. It, it seems like that that we have decided that that we need to communicate with people, and and again, there's nothing wrong where companies. Uh, let me say this, where, where companies had success because the pandemic played to their strengths and other companies failed because their strengths didn't line up. Again, that's business. That's business 101. You're, you're going to have the marketplace is going to react favorably in certain conditions to, to some businesses and unfavorably to others. The same with communicating and things like that. But there are natural things that we could talk about a guy like Randy that he does well. When you work with podcasters or you see podcasters, what are some things that they do well in their communication styles that gravitate people to their conversations? Because you talked about a guy like Randy. Randy did his, and he, he shared this on this podcast. Brian, I did it because I couldn't be there in person. So I had to do the next best thing. He figured out how to be a great communicator because he was already a great communicator. He's just in a different way. What are some things that you see that people do that make them great communicators like that? The very first thing I'd tell you is just being genuine. You know, when you talk to Randy, you're getting the real Randy. You know, you're getting a guy who is not giving you a, um, a, a show. It's kind of like when you and I were talking, you know, before the, the broadcast here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told you, I said, ask me anything. And the reason why is because I know one, one fact, and that's the truth. Uh, you know, we also prayed before the, the broadcast. If you look right over my shoulder here, you'll see Bibles and, you know, blessed and, and all, you know, all the different uh, uh, things that go along with it. If you present your, your real self, uh, it really doesn't matter if you're shaking hands, you know, in that field, in that boardroom or, or doing it in front of a camera. Uh, you know, you, the, the genuine is going to come through no matter what. Uh, it kind of like the same way that you can look at certain Instagram, you know, people and know that, you know, they probably went and bought every single bit of cash out of their bank account yeah, you know, to put yeah. the, the money on the bed. Yeah. That, that they're talking about. You That's know? such a and, great point. That is yeah. such a great point because here's the thing. And you and I were talking about this before we got started recording. 
is that that people feel like to have the perfect podcast, to get the most downloads, to get the most listeners, to have the biggest audience, to be Joe Rogan, to be at the yeah. pinnacle of podcasting, that you've got to invest in all this equipment, you've got to invest in it. And, and I see this all the time, Wes, and I know you do too, is that people will ask, well, what kind of microphone should I use or what kind of this or what kind of that? And it's like, you don't have to be and have that i made so many mistakes early on because i thought i had to buy a mixer i thought i had to buy a compressor mic i thought i had to buy this here's what i found out i need a really good usb mic i need a good webcam the rest will take care of itself and and oh. i should have known that going in yeah go ahead go go oh, there no, no, what i was going to tell you is you know an analogy i used to use over and over again back in the day was you know if i told you that i had a mall and it had marble floors beautiful fountains you know with with wine you know that you could go over and, and dip and drink from and the highest quality stores beautiful lighting personal shoppers you know valet parking it's just the best mall that you've ever seen in your entire life now, one caveat, it's out in the middle of the Sahara Desert, okay? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you yeah. can have all the stuff, all the best lighting, all the best cameras, all the best everything, and if you don't, number one, do the, the podcast uh, or you know, provide something that somebody's going to want to watch, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, you can have all that stuff, and it really doesn't matter one bit if you're not giving something that number one people want uh and, and or want to listen to uh or that you're doing it you know you can have all this it doesn't it doesn't push you into the chair and make you start talking like a, a ventriloquist doll yeah i mean you you have to still do it yeah yeah so i use an analogy that i have had you know for for years and that is shovel blower plow okay and the way that that works and there's you know lots and lots and lots of incarnations you know of that that particular thing but keep in mind that when you are in an area like ohio it snows okay and at some point you're gonna go have to go out and, and you know take care of snow all yeah. right now if you start off you're gonna have a shovel okay and you're gonna have to go out and do backbreaking work it's gonna be one of those situations where you're gonna be so tired that you look behind you when you're done and there's another inch that's, you know, on the stuff that you've already done. Well, here's and, the thing, too. At least at least where I live, there's a possibility of having a heart attack as well, too. Well, Especially that's the, that, Yeah, that's yeah the I thing. mean, because there there have been people that, that have had heart attacks out shoveling snow. And yeah, yeah I mean. It's backbreaking work. Yeah. yeah. So the next incarnation of that. Now, I want, I'll, I'll loop back to it for a second. But, you know, you go through that and you're like, man, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a blower. Okay, so you buy a blower. Now you're blowing the snow. It's much easier. You're, you know, not only doing yours, but you might even go over and help your neighbor. Yep. Okay. Then you go from that and you hire somebody to do it. Okay. Where you, they come in, they, you know, do all the stuff for you. But keep in mind that there are different levels of all those. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're doing the shovel, you might go from one of the shovels that's one of those flimsy plastic ones to the one that's got the handle, you know, that's easier to scoop the snow. Then yeah. you might go to an actual scoop shovel that doesn't break, you know, when you hit a piece of ice. The blower, when you first buy the blower, it might be the blower that, you know, barely kicks the snow in front of you. Then you might graduate to the one that blows it into the neighbor's yard or on their roof. It's so good. Then you go to the person that you know is doing it for you. When they come in, it might be the kid that has you know a, a shovel, and you pay him twenty bucks. Or it might be the guy who has a whole team that comes in with a truck, you know, does your driveway, salts, does all that. So, my whole point of this is every single thing has got a level, and you have to start with that shovel, okay? And in this case, the shovel's this, okay? And, and you start off with this, you know, and you go through and you start doing your, your podcasting and, and this is your shovel. Okay. Yeah. It, it eventually, you know, graduates to the, to, you know, Tony Robbins you know, room of, you know, 10,000 monitors and, and, you know, there's more people working in there than the Grammys, you know, that, that yeah. are 
you know, directing stuff and, and, uh, and, and telling you what to do. But the point is, is that you got to start somewhere and it doesn't matter if you start at the, at the, um, beginning it, when you do it, you still have to, like I said, get in this chair and what, what is it with sales? They always say the, the hardest door to open is your car door. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It it turns from a podcast to a production because what, what happens is, is, is you say, and and here's what, here's what I'll tell, what I'll say about that to Wes. And I think, man, you're really hitting on some good points is that, and it's the same in business. It's the same in leadership. You feel like you have to start up here instead of, you know, no roller coaster ride starts at the top of the hill right it's the climb it's the slow ascent it's the it's the working your way up and, and then you get to the top of the hill and that's where that's where the ride really starts it's not when you first get in the car it's not when they're buckling you and checking the 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 harness and making sure it's good and things like that it's not even the ascent it's once you get to the top of that hill, that's where the ride begins. And and people want to get to the top of the hill before they've strapped in their harness, before they've they've made the safety checks and things like that. And they don't want to make the slow ascent up the hill. They just want to get to the top and start start the ride. They want they want that payoff. And and guess what, Brian? Yeah. Here's here's the thing that that I would tell people is yeah, the blocking and tackling and doing this stuff every day. Uh, because I didn't start off working for myself at, at the house. Uh, you know, I, I, I've done everything under the sun, uh, the worst of the worst jobs, you know, uh, to be this, you know, uh, 53 year old overnight success. But, uh, you know, you talk about the the clicking of the, of the hill and going up and, and all that, the safety checks, but I'll even go a step further for you than that, you know, and, and, and even further than that, again, you still got to stand in line. You know, for the hour to get on the yeah, road. Okay? Great and point. even more than that, you got a plan to go to the park that morning. Yeah. So it, it it's all about the you know, getting ready to get ready, you know, and, and then doing it. If you don't do that stuff, and if you don't have a, a plan, then you know, you're pretty much guaranteed it, 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 failing the plan is planning to fail. Uh failing not the plan is, is you know, is is planning to fail. And it's just it, it you you really have got to plan on the fact that you're going to have those mundane moments, the blocking and tackling stuff of standing in line or, you know, waiting your turn, you know, before you get to, to the payoff of that, that drop, you know, on that, on that roller coaster. So uh, I think that uh, so many people try to shortcut it and it just, yeah. there, there really isn't a shortcut unless you get just berserkly lucky. Uh, it just doesn't happen. No, that's great stuff. And, and, and I wrote that down. That That's the big takeaway that I think from this, this segment is planning for the mundane moments. If you don't plan for yeah. those things, man, it's not going to happen. Let's step aside, take a break. We come back. I want to talk with Wes about the one thing, and, and, and it goes for leadership. It goes for business. But working on one thing, you can get all this other stuff right, but there's one thing you really need to work on as well too my guest is podcaster and online guy wes wyatt joins me on the intentional encourage podcast you come back in just a moment hey everybody brian sexton here the new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking hey i would really love to pay off some debt or i would like to save for that dream vacation maybe you want to buy a new car whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for Profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you, too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash 
backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement, and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Wes, I love what you said there. And, and, and again, before we went to break, I wrote that down, planning for the mundane moments. But here's the biggest thing that I see that a lot of podcasters don't do. I constantly work on my voice. People are like, well, Brian, you've got this radio voice. You, you've got, you, you get, you naturally get, no, I, I wasn't naturally get. When I started doing live radio in 2002 for the first time, I sat down to do a three hour morning show. It was Thanksgiving morning. I was not nearly as polished as I am now. I wasn't nearly, you know, the, the voice. Now, granted, depth of the voice comes with age. Things like that. However, I'm constantly working on how I want it to sound. Making this sound that I'm making. Because if I don't allow myself during a podcast, I could go, well, I don't sound like this. And I don't even do it. You know, I, I'm going to sound like I just crawled out from under a rock. And maybe I do. Maybe I sound like I crawled out from under a rock. You do. But, but, but it's working on the voice. In your experience, why don't people want to work on the one thing that they're trying to get done? Because in podcasting, you've got to be pleasing to the ear. You really do. If you, if you listen, and forgive me for the long-winded question, but if you listen to Joe Rogan, He's got some voice talent. If you listen to broadcasters, if you listen to podcasters, they have some modicum. Those that are successful have some modicum of voice talent. It's not saying that they are the the, the cream of the crop, but they have a modicum of voice talent, but they have also worked on that. Why do you think it is that people don't want to work on the fundamental thing that would make their, their podcast better or their business better or their leadership skills better? It's the same answer for everything in life, Brian. I mean, people just don't want to work. Uh, I mean, that that's the that's the the thing that's going to separate most people, you know, from from everybody. And and that is, we spoke about this offline uh, as podcasters. Uh, if you update your podcast once every six months, you're already in the top twenty percent. So eighty percent of the people that are out there and there's millions of podcasts. So you got to figure, I think the number is, is over two now, uh, 2 million, it may be over three, but it's definitely over 2 million podcasts. You're already in the top 20% by just doing one update, you know, per, per every six months. So you got to figure that most people want to take the easiest possible route. I mean, it's that road less traveled, uh, you know, it's nothing new. I mean, it, you know, Randy and I have talked about this on more podcasts, you know, that, that I care to you know, mention. And that is everybody has this idea that they're going to come up with the next big thing. And, and the, the next big thing, you know, I, I pointed to these Bibles up here uh, earlier. Uh, you know, if you were to read these Bibles and go through just a couple of the things that, that are in, you know, just, just the books that are right there. I've got all these books behind me. It's a absolute, you know, uh, minuscule amount compared to, you know, what's out there in the world. But yeah. these, these books right here, uh, yeah. you would have all the ideas that you ever needed. Uh, and all you'd have to do is find your way of how you're going to deliver it. So it, it you know, I'm digging summer, on the Funko pops that you got in the corner there, man. I love those. Those are, those yeah, are, the, the, uh, those, those are, are outstanding. Uh, the, the office ones. Uh, oh man. Oh um, yeah, yes. The, the office. I thought office I recognized case. Dwight K. Schrute there in the corner. So yeah, there's uh, there's some, uh, there's Ron Bert, Ron, uh, Swanson from, uh, yeah, Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Rec. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much anybody that's got coffee, but, uh, it. the, uh, so, so someone like, uh, um, someone like, uh, the compound effect, Darren Hardy and, uh, Jeff Olson, the slight edge, 
they're talking about the exact same thing. Okay. And it's nothing more than if you work, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Okay. And, and so all, all Bible principles. Okay. But what they did was they called it the compound effect or they called it the side edge. Okay. So most people don't want to work. Okay. They just, they, they want to find the easiest possible way to get through life. And, and, you know, it's kind of like they'll do as much as they, as they have to, to not get fired and people will pay them just enough to where they don't leave. Yeah. And, and that's how most people live their life. I mean, they go through this, uh, you know, weird little uh, working for the weekend mentality yeah. and that's how they operate. Uh, I'm glad you, know, you said, forgive me. I'm glad you said that, man. I've got to jump in there because, and, and forgive me for interrupting you, Wes, but oh, go ahead. here's the thing that, that you're hitting on that's brilliant. And I love this. I was in a discussion over the weekend on social media because we had a delegate here in West Virginia that was talking about pay raises for county employees. And I said, I, I, I quoted the tweet and I said, you know, because, because she put in the, in the, the, you know, these people desperately, and I'm, it, for those of you listening, I'm saying desperately needed in air quotes. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm using air quotes. And I said in that quoted tweet, Wes, I said, when I've desperately needed a pay raise, I declared myself a free agent and went into the marketplace and sought it and found out what my value was worth. And I found that I could get that pay raise by putting myself out there and aligning with a company that valued what I brought to the table and would pay me more to, to come and, and share my talents with them. And it was like a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> it was like, some people are like, well, these people, what about the services? And, and what about the, the, and I'm like, look, what is fundamentally wrong with doing the things like you're like, you are so brilliantly just really, it's just so good. I, I just forgive me. I, I had to jump in there because it, it is a fundamental problem that we have. And I'm not trying to, to talk politics or anything like that, but it's a fundamental problem that we have where people just feel like they're trapped in this box. And it's like, well, I got to eat. I got to survive. You know, I'm doing my West, best West Virginia hillbilly voice, by the way. And it's like, you know what? The best thing you can do for yourself is declare yourself a free agent. You talked about, and I don't want to skip ahead because I want to get parts of your story, but you talked about doing all these things to get to where you are. What's one thing that has always driven you to go to that next level and at those times in your life to declare yourself a free agent? Because it sounds to me like you've had those seminal moments where you were like, you know what, it's time to declare myself a free agent and go do something else. I've been psychologically unemployable my entire life, Brian. Uh, you know, it's, it's something where I need to have a carrot and I actually spoke to my wife about this just this weekend. And that is, we were talking about uh, off camera, you and I were talking about building the house. And, uh, I, you know, I, we were kind of going over things. And she said, I can't even imagine, you know, doing that right now because I want to do this. And I said, hey, just dream with me. And, and the reason why is because if I have a carrot and I have something in front of me that I know is the next incarnation of, of whatever it is I want to do, then I can get through whatever it is I'm doing. So it's kind of like, uh, I think there's a, a show out there and I'll probably mess up the name, but I think it's called the maybe unsinkable Kimmy Schmidt or un, un something Kimmy Schmidt. But her, her whole thing is she was uh, kind of a, a, a abducted uh, with a, a couple other girls. I think it's based off of that, uh, mm -hmm. the girls in Cleveland that were abducted. And their whole thing is, uh, they only have to, I think they have to like turn a, 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 a knob and, and they, what it is, is they, they say they can do anything for one minute. Okay. Like mm -hmm. I'll turn this for one more minute or one more minute. And so that carrot for me is when I was working a job, I didn't like, and there's been plenty of them over the years, yeah. you know, I would always say to myself, you know, what could I do? you know, to, to kind of break out of this. And I would write down, you know, a million notes, you know, here and there. Uh, I always yeah. have notes around. And I was probably the best employee that they had because I always give my absolute best, but my absolute best 
was better than what my neighbor was doing. But if they were really to look and, you know, put a West meter on, they'd find out that this part here at the top was always reserved for something else. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was always thinking about, okay, where, what can I do next? And it wasn't that, you know, so, and, and it's not a bad thing. I would never, you know, leave a job or, or, you know, leave anybody hanging, but I was always, you know, thinking about what can I do next? You know, what, what's the next thing that I want to do? And if you don't do that, then what you end up doing is you blink and it's time to retire and die. Uh, and, and I just, I can't. I can't fathom that idea. You know, I, I'm yeah. going to do the next thing. And I, I saw uh, today, you know, the Arnold Classics going on here in Ohio, uh, or was, maybe it's just ended. But Lou Ferrigno is 70 years old now. And he said that one of the things that has gotten him through life is that he lives in the present. He doesn't live in the past. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, worry about the future. He, he lives in the present. And I thought, you know, how awesome is that? You know, it, it's, it's, it's a good idea to live in the present. But boy, if you don't look toward the future, fearing the future, I agree with him. But looking toward the future as to what you want, uh, I, I got a real problem with that. I mean, uh, you know, not that I have a problem with Big Lou, but, uh, you know, I do have a problem with not dreaming. Because when you stop dreaming and you stop that carrot, uh, that's when everything just pretty much becomes, you might as well just, you know, uh, be like the other guy. And I don't want to be like the other guy. Well, here's the thing. And, and, and I want to piggyback off this and we'll take another break, but something you said there was really outstanding here. Here's what, here's the, the, the correlation that I made. You, you live in Ohio. I, I, I grew up in Southern Ohio, South Southern Ohio, um, in a little town called South point. It's the southernmost point of Ohio. That's why they call it South point. <laughs> when I was growing up there, you know, and, and living in Ohio where I live in, in the geography that I live, we're in a really unique spot because if you're a basketball fan, Cincinnati, which we're in, and I have my Bengals sweatshirt on, my, you know, Super Bowl participant Bengals. Yeah, you know. But um, for where I live in western West Virginia that borders southeast Ohio and northeastern Kentucky, you know, we had the Reds and Bengals. We're considered, for the Reds and Major League Baseball, the home market, Cincinnati Bengals home market. But for basketball, it's either Cleveland Indianapolis or Charlotte, because we're about four and a half hours from either one of them. So I became a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. If you ask Cavaliers fans today, and I'm not a diehard Cavs fan. I don't watch every game. I, I find the NBA game boring, to be quite honest. And I have shifted in the last few years to really being a big-time football fan. You know, you give me football about any day I'm in. Um, But I appreciate basketball. I've watched it and things like that. If you ask Cleveland Cavalier fans right now, would you take LeBron James back? He's been there twice. I think most Cavaliers fans would go, no, I think we're I think we're good with where we are. If you'd asked them that five years ago, they would have said, Oh man, we would do anything to keep LeBron. Because they, you know, five, six years ago was when they won the, the NBA championship. They were willing to do anything to keep LeBron. Now they're like, yeah, no, we're good. And a lot of times, what you were talking about when you, with that show, like the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable, yeah. That's yeah, I mean. yeah. Is that there are times in life, Wes, where the things you really think you want to do and the things you really want to have, when you step back and take some perspective, you go, yeah, I think we're good where we are. And and it's in it and and it's there's nothing wrong with the dream, but sometimes the dream can be where you are. Like that may be a dream scenario for you. Before we go to break, I want to ask you this, and I want to piggyback off of that thought because you really, you really inspired a, a, a thought there. Was there ever a moment where your dream was staring you in the face? And you didn't recognize it? Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it's, I, I'm sure it's happened probably too many times to talk about. I mean, because what you do is you – sometimes it, it's so, so easy to, 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 
to not look at stuff like that. You know, like the perfect thing was looking at you the whole time. I mean, if you, if it was girls you dated, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, bosses you had, uh, yeah. most of the time it, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, kind of a thing. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've had many times where you know when I sat back, I was like, you know what, you dummy, you uh, you. Well, the dream right didn't now. turn out to be what you wanted it, and and I've said this too. I went to Marshall, a school here in West Virginia. It was always everybody's dream to play West Virginia University in football, and so at the time, the governor, Governor Mansion, who's now Senator Mansion, put a deal together. And it's like, this is great. They're going to come to Huntington. We're going to go to Morgantown. And you got about halfway through that series. And, and to your point, Wes, it was like the girl you thought you always wanted to date. Your buddies paid you, your buddies paid her to go out with you. And you start dating her and you realize she's a psychopath. She's full of drama and she treats you like junk. And by the time you're just like, please let me get out of this thing that was what it was like for for uh, some of us marshall fans playing west virginia it's like by the time the series was over like thank god thank god this is over and, and, and the reason i mentioned that and and i will get to a break but but i want to just pull a little more conversation out here for a minute sometimes i want to get your thought on this west what about the times that the dream that you've always had is not what you should pursue? Maybe you're looking at it, you think to yourself, I've always dreamed of doing this. And when you really look at it, it's like, man, I need to walk away from this thing. You ever been in those moments? And, and what's your biggest piece of encouragement for people in those moments? Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I worked with a client uh, just, you know, within the last year. And I really thought that they were going to be just, you know, uh, I, I this is going to sound kind of bad. So let me, let me kind of frame this in a, in a positive way that's going to make it sound a little better because it sounds kind of, uh, um, almost uh, predatory, but, uh, I yeah. saw a very, um, I, I guess I, I saw something, you know, that, that, that they had that wasn't being kind of put out yet. The red flags and, and bells and whistles were kind of going yeah, off. And I, and I thought, Oh man, you know, I'm going to be the one to, to kind of break this person out, uh, yeah. you know, and, and benefit from it. Uh, and as time went on, I realized that it just, it was not a good situation and had to fire, uh, you know, and it was a very tough thing to do because they were someone that I was friendly with and enjoyed, but I realized very quickly that it was going to not only be a toxic, you know, type situation, but it was, even though the juice probably was going to be worth the squeeze long-term, uh, it was going to be an absolute arduous and destructive path, you know, to get to it. Yeah, so I think sometimes what you got to do is you have to say to yourself, you know what, it's time to, to say no. Uh, and, you know, I, I laugh because I don't know who said it to him, but I think it may have been Alec Baldwin, and I, I might be making this up but it was someone like that and they said that if they had jerry seinfeld's money all they would do is sit on a beach all day and when the phone rang they'd pick it up and go no and just hang up <laughs> you know yeah and i just thought that was funny you know because he's got that kind of a bread now you know well at that, that point you do what you want to do and you do exactly. things that motivate that's, that's you what, that's the point of it yeah and 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 if you look at, at jerry seinfeld's life his career was Again, we use the roller coaster analogy, climbing the hill, you know, standing in line, getting through the line, getting in the car, harness, climbing the hill, climbing the hill. And then Seinfeld was the was the 70 foot drop that was just this screaming ride for right. several years. And, you know, here here's the thing, too, what a lot of people don't remember about Seinfeld is, is that. NBC wanted to sign them for an ungodly amount of money at the time. It was like 30 or $40 million. And back in the early 2000s, that was an exorbitant amount of money. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, no. Yeah, that was year 10. And he, he yeah. said, no, I think it was $5 million an episode. Yeah. That they were going to give him. And, and they would have done, what, 20 episodes that had been $100 million Yeah, it was. It would have been banked. the same amount of money. But he knew that, it, that the ride was done. And it's yeah. funny about him, Brian, that in, in any any comedian of his of his caliber is you gotta figure that 
they don't go out and they aren't just immediately funny. If he were to walk out with brand new material, you would give him a little bit of a, of a pass because he's Jerry Seinfeld. But if he come out and start telling you a story that he just thought was funny and it wasn't, it, it wasn't hitting with you, you would all of a sudden be like, man, what was, you know, that, that just wasn't, you know, that great. But the reason why you'll never see that is because even Jerry, you know, still goes and, and he lives in Long Island, you know, but he goes in the city and he'll pop on, you know, and, and do the exact thing that he does on a show, you know, which is you see him in a cab, you know, going from one venue yep. to another to get a spot. He still does that to this day and still, you know, will go through it and say, okay, the dog jumped over the fence and then, oh, oh no way, the dog jumped over the fence. Well, no, the dog jumped over the fence. Yeah, and he gets that that you know the all the different little nuances. Yeah, Wes, and he'll take now. twenty minutes on. He'll just go on a set. Like I don't need to get paid. Yeah. Just let give me twenty minutes. Let me work it out. Let, exactly. let me get it where it's like that. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't until that is a, yeah. a thing. You don't see it. Yeah, you know? and and that's the reason why he is still Jerry Seinfeld. He'll be a billionaire. You know, yeah. soon. I mean, and, and probably one of the first like billionaire, you know, comics. And the reason why is because that, yeah, know, he, he's oh, never brilliant. going to give you the, the, you know, the, the, you know, just call it in. It, it's right. not going to happen. No. And he'll never do another TV show like that because he knows he can't replicate what, and, and here's the thing. And, and I promise we're going to get to a break, but <laughs> the, there's still, you know, why would you try to reboot Seinfeld when everybody's still watching it on reruns and they're still getting paid handsomely for those reruns? Like, why would you do that? It, it just doesn't make good sense from a business standpoint or anything else. Let's step well, aside. Yeah, culture, you, you could never do it again anyway. Yeah, no, the good point there. Let's step aside, take a break. We come back, I want to dive into Wes's story. Uh, Man, this has been so such a good conversation. You're going to want to stay around, folks. I'm telling you, you're going to want to stay around for the rest of this conversation. My guest is podcaster and online guy, Wes Wyatt, joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Come back with us in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. Have you ever wanted to live a bucket list life? Or if you're a business owner, have you ever wanted to incentivize your team in unbelievable ways? I have got just the thing for you. You need to contact my friend Brad Norwood with Dream It Pro Professional Events. Brad's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, and I can tell you he has helped numerous companies achieve unbelievable things through experience travel experiences are what people want. They want to know how they can live incredible bucket list lives as well too. And Brad can help you with both of those things. I can't give you any better encouragement than to give Brad and his team a call right now at 479-466-6907 or go to www.dreamitpro.com. And when you get there, Click on events and you are going to see some unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And I promise you this, unlike plaques, awards, trophies, things like that, experiences and trips like these don't burn up in a fire. Again, go to www.dreamitpro.com today. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Wes, now I want to save room and time for your story. And again, man, th I have so loved this conversation, man. We we could talk for an hour or more just about podcasting and life and craft and, and things like that. But I would be remiss if I didn't have you on the Intentional Encourage podcast and talk about your story. So go back as far as you want to go. I promise I, I jumped in a couple of times there. And, and interrupted. I, I I will do my best. I will I will I will try to be good. I will try to ignore the invisible listener on my shoulder that taps me and says, "Ask him this. Ask him this." You know, I will try to ignore that voice and let you have the room. I may ask you a question or two, but please take a few minutes and tell us your story. Well, I mean, the the story is I have, like I told you, been psychologically unemployable from the day one. 
uh, you know, when, when I was a paper boy, I, I was always thinking about, you know, what I could do to become the, the, you know, paper boy for a different, you know, paper that was the bigger one or, uh, you name it. I mean, it, well, it, well, no matter what it was, I was always looking for the, the next thing. And, uh, I just to kind of fast forward into, you know, modern day, just because like I said, I've done everything. Uh, I was working a job that I didn't like. Uh, it was a job that I needed to have for my family. And my wife told me that there was a social media job uh, that was going to be opening up and it was closer. Uh, uh, it was more money and it was just kind of what seemed like a dream job. Okay. And so I decided to take that job and, uh, interviewed for it. And, uh, <laughs> I'd say I decided to take it. I interviewed for it and, uh, um, I did get it. And so it was quite possibly it, even though I've done, you know, things that were much more taxing, you know, physically, or, uh, I've, you know, I've had jobs where people threw hammers at me. I mean, so, you know, definitely worse jobs, but I went home every night, uh, with a pit in my stomach. And when I say a pit, I mean, almost like, uh, ulcer, you know, causing, you know, pit. I mean, it was just, uh, un unnervingly horrible job and went on a, um, uh, vacation, uh, as a chaperone with my daughter, uh, to Washington, DC mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, come back and they said, you know, come in the office, tell us all about the trip and went in there and got camp. Um, and it was during the time of the walking dead when, uh, Negan had lined everybody up and, you know, baseball batted a couple of the members of the, of the show. And, uh, I come home and I told my wife that I, I said, well, she goes, what are you doing back? And I said, well, I just got Negan. And she goes, what? And I said, yeah, I, said, I just got fired. And so uh, while I was at that position, um, they did primarily things that were in the having that talk uh, with the um, with an elder uh, uh, sibling about mom and dad needing to go to a, a nursing home or something. And the primary clients were, were of that, that realm was completely and utterly out of my wheelhouse. But there was one person that was a, a client uh, that would come in that was in factory based. And in my earlier days, I did lots of undercover security for factories and-, and Hey uh, Wes, let me ask you this, forgive me for jumping in, but again, I that, that little invisible listener yeah, no, on no. my shoulder. When you, your, your wife tells you, and I've been there, like, man, what do you do? Or I would call my wife and, I, you know, I, I remember one time getting let go and I called my wife and, you know, I called her and she was crying and I was like, oh, you know, because it was a horrible, it was a horrible firing. It was a lot of circumstances around it that were just not right at all. But you mentioned going, was, was that the position that you felt kind of sick to your stomach every day going to work? And if it was, what kind of release did you feel? Because sometimes we get fired from a, a job and it happens to everybody. It used to be that scarlet letter, right? It's like you got, you got let go. Now it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, and your point is, you know, every, every, if you haven't been cut loose from a job, trust me, it's coming. You know, you're oh, going, yeah. you're, you're going to, you're going to have, unless you work for yourself and, and still clients are going to fire you and things like that. But did you kind of feel a sense of relief when you got home? Like, oh, thank God, I don't have to do this anymore. And I can go on to the next thing that fulfills me. Was that kind of how you felt? Well, yeah, I mean, I did because, you know, just weeks earlier, you know, I, I was sitting at a football game and, you know, I'm watching my son play and I'm getting texts about something being wrong or, uh, and mean texts. I mean, like text that demeaning, you know, like beat you down text, you know, to where I couldn't even enjoy my time, uh, you know, outside of the, outside of the shop. So, uh, yeah, it, that particular one was completely and utterly a blessing in the skies. And, and I'll tell you why, um, not only was it able to, to get rid of that pit, uh, but it was the push out of the plane that I needed, uh, that they, they threw the shoot 
and then pushed me out of the plane and I needed to catch it. And um, the client that I was simpatico with uh, that, that worked in the factories, um, I saw later, uh, about a month later, and uh, I said, uh, you know, hey, you know, how you doing? And, and recognized him. And, and uh, he said, great. He goes, how so-and-so? And I said, I wouldn't know. They fired me. And he goes, what? And, and I said, yeah. And he goes, I just fired them. He goes, let's talk. Yeah, so at the time, uh, there was a, um, uh, you know, uh, non-disclosure, you know, type thing that I was going through and, and, and it couldn't, uh, um, couldn't kind of work with, with him. So I ended up working with a different version of him in a, a different part of the company that he worked yeah. for and, uh, you know, ended up making double the money and working literally, I mean, quite literally almost a 10th of the time, uh, wow. I went from having, you know, probably 12 clients that I was the project manager over to being able to do what I'm doing now in this, in this, you know, area and not with all this stuff, but, uh, but this has been kind of, you know, built over the last five years, but, uh, uh, being able to work for myself and like I said, make, you know, at, at the time, double the money and, uh, and work insanely less, uh, even though I was doing other things for myself, uh, you know, so yeah, it, it, it was a gigantic blessing, uh, you know, but I would have never done it. Uh, I would have went in and done that pit every day until the carrot that I told you about, you know, eventually, you know, led me to something else, but I would have never left a job. I mean, I left a, a good job, to go to a job that I really thought was a, a dream job and yeah. it was a nightmare, you know? So yeah. that's the yeah. other thing is that, you know, what you think is going to be great isn't always so. Oh yeah. And, and here's the thing. I think we, you know, in life, a lot of times what happens to you prepares you for what's going to happen to you, you know? So, you know, working with the client that you worked with prepared you to work with them in a different capacity and prepare you for other things in life. Are there, a, a, is there a moment, Wes, is there a really pivotal seminal moment? Because a lot of us in life have those moments of either something devastating happened. I mean, you know, like I said, I can empathize with you there. I've gotten fired. And it's like, oh man, that, that, that's horrible that you know and you have right to tell your wife holidays too. exactly yeah exactly and and you just you, you think to yourself okay what are we going to do how are we going to do it and you know i've had a bunch of those bounce back moments in my life has there been a moment though that that was really difficult for you you had to overcome something pretty hard and maybe you learned it took a lesson away from it was there a moment in your life either personally or professionally that 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 happened to you like that, that you, you care to share with us? Well, I mean, probably the biggest one is just recently, you know, my mom, uh, just passed away in November and oh, man, I'm so uh, sorry to hear that. My yeah, condolences I to that. you. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's probably one of the, probably the roughest, you know, that, that, uh, you know, kind of, kind of led me to lots of uh, different, you know, realizations. I mean, primarily, you know, planning. Uh, you know, the things that you think you have planned, you find out real quick, you know, aren't as extensive as they need to be. And unfortunately, you know, with my mom passing, uh, probably from no fault of her own, um, she just didn't plan, uh, you know, and it, it ended up, you know, teaching uh, my wife and I, you know, the things that we need to do for our kids. We had the same thing when my dad passed away suddenly almost 10 years ago. My dad's picture is over my shoulder. And I look at that and I'm like, dude, how could you not have a plan? I had a mess to clean up. And, and so I forgive me for interrupting, but I understand that because, um, you know, my dad was that same way. It was like, I'm, I'm going to be around a long time. You know, I'm going to see your son grow up and 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 things like that in fact the morning my dad died i looked to the ceiling in a hotel room in Boone, north carolina and i said god we had a plan and the lord was like uh, plans changed my plan's not your plan so forgive me for interrupting i i totally understand and i think a lot of people we let's flash back and and i wanted to dive more into that that piece there with you 
But I think that's where a lot of people were at in 2020 around May or June. Like, oh my goodness, I had a plan for my business. I had a plan for my life. Some people that got COVID and didn't make it, I'm sure their family had plans before the virus hit and things like that. And, and you know, we realize that our plans are so fragile. When you think about your mom and your in the lack of planning, it's frustrating for those of us that are left because it's like, okay, we have to clean up the fallout. Was there something that really, you, you said you and your wife had to, to make a plan. What was the one thing that you immediately attacked about that plan? If I could, if I could ask that, and I don't want to get too personal, but what oh, was yeah. the one, th what was the one thing you said, I'm going to do this right now because mom didn't. The biggest thing was burial and, and, uh, um, estate planning, you know, you, by not having a, uh, a contingency plan in place, if you don't have specific people named, then you essentially become a ward of the state, you know? It, yeah. So, I mean, it, quite literally to the point that if you're not planning, you know, uh, to a T, you may not even be able to have your body disposed of the way you want. So, I mean, the state literally could step in and be the one, you know, to, to do that. You know, if, if, if you have not put something in place with, you know, uh, you know, power of attorneys and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I think that the biggest thing was, you know, just being prepared for, uh, kind of like what if and playing chess, not checkers and saying, what if again, if that doesn't work, that's the one that almost nobody does you know, is, is, you know, you have best laid plans, but do you have best laid plans for those best laid plans? Because like you said, you know, in this case, you know, we're talking biblical, you know, just because you get down and pray, uh, the, the one thing that you got to realize is that sometimes God's answer is no, uh, yeah. you know, and it's not something you want to think of, but you know, if we all got, yes, we'd all be lottery winners and be driving around in you know Corvettes and <laughs> living our best lives. Well, here's yeah. the thing too, Wes, and, and and this is what you know I've told people before. I said, look, the minute you took your first breath of life, for me, mine was August thirteenth, nineteen seventy two. the The first minute I took my first breath of life, God knew, God knows when I'll take my last. Mm -hmm. I mean, he even knew then on August 13th, 1972, he knew then the length of my days. So talk about the ultimate plan. I mean, and again, for those of you that aren't Christians or things like that, not to get preachy here, but again, you, you realize that all your planning just simply means you're really not in control. To what to your point a minute ago, you're really not in control because if you don't have things laid out in a certain way, then guess what? The state comes in and says, okay, we're going to do this. 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 And so we're really not in control. When you think about if you could step back, I want to ask you this real quick, Wes. If you could step back six months ago and I could take you back to September of, of 2021, as we're recording in March of 2022, if I could take you back six months and you and I could hop in a time machine, I'd let you out and you could sit down with a cup of coffee with that, with 2021 Wes, what do you think you'd tell him? <laughs> well, the first thing I would tell him is to do what I told you with Lou Frigno, uh, you know, live in the moment because I think that every day, that you go and say goodbye or say, uh, you know, uh, you know, see you again later or whatever, you just assume, you know, that, that you're getting another shot. You know, so the very first thing I'd tell them is enjoy this time because, you know, a couple of months from now, it's not going to be here. So that's, that's the first thing. Second thing would be, you know, are you ready to go? And if the answer is no, you need to get ready because it doesn't matter if you follow, you know, Miles Monroe, who died a couple of years ago, uh, his whole thing was die empty. You know, you should never go to the grave with anything left to do. Okay. Uh, you know, so if you aren't ready to go, get ready. 
you know, because it, it, it's kind of like you need to have a go bag, you know, and that go bag could be quite literally the next second. Uh, yeah. You know, you and I could be talking here and literally, you know, I go down on the table. Uh, it, I yeah. hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, people are going that way right now. That's I right. Mean, uh, there's lots of stories, you know, whether it's, I don't know what's causing it. But, I tell myself it, to put five bucks on the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'd say, listen, listen, just trust me. I can't tell you why, <laughs> but you're going to want to do this. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, kind of, kind of like be like Marty McFly in the, in, remember in Back to the Future where he had the, where Biff Tannen had the book of, sure, of they they took the book back to 1955 and and uh, did all that, almanac. yeah, the sports almanac, exactly right. But no, I love what you said about die empty because again, you know, if you're a gun enthusiast, when you're out target practicing, you don't leave any rounds in the chamber. You, you, you shoot the rounds that you have because you want to get better at target practice in, you know, in case you hunt or whatever. But, no, I love that. Wes, I'd be remiss, too, if I didn't ask you. Leave, you, have, you have given us some, some real meat in the last 15 minutes or so, but I would be missing it if I didn't ask you to share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement with this audience. The biggest thing that I, I would tell you is a quote from Benjamin Franklin that is always around me somewhere. And it's, it's energy and persistence conquer all things. And if you follow that, I think that, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, follow the secret or, uh, you know, think and grow rich or any of these different things that are out there. Again, you know, I'm going to point up here to the Bible. Uh, and the reason why is because it is the same thing, you know, in different, different ways that people have put, but the biggest thing is, is the secret is action. And, you know, it, whether it's talking and going back to what we were talking about with the, um, shovel blower plow or Randy, uh, you know, going from being a, uh, uh, just a salesperson that is out there, you know, going crazy to, you know, going to the, the hybrid, amazing Randy. Uh, all that stuff takes action. And if you don't take action and do it in a persistent way, energy and persistence, uh, uh, then you are going to find that, again, you know, you are going to stay the same. And, and if you follow any of those slight edge, compound, you know, effect, any, any of that, you find out real quick that staying in the same place is not the same place. It's backward. Um, yeah. you know, one of the worst things that you'll ever, ever, ever hear anywhere is if you ask somebody why they do something and they tell you it's because that's the way we've always done it. Uh, that, that statement makes me cringe. Uh, and the reason why is because from a lean manufacturing, uh, you know, Kaizen, you know, kind of, a uh, which is, you know, constant never ending improvement, you know, uh, Japanese thing. Um, you know, if you aren't in a constant mode of saying, you know, and I didn't even mean to, to, you know, have a correlation with this, but having that carrot in front of you, uh, that I've been talking about this entire time is, you know, what can I do to go this way? It's not, yeah. you notice, I didn't say a carrot behind me, right? You know, you know it's a carrot in front of me and, and it, it's that, you know, uh, if you've ever seen the, the FedEx logo, there's a, there's an arrow. Yeah, you know, that's pointing and you'll, you'll never not be able to see it. If you look at it now, but there's an arrow that's going forward in the logo and, you know, that's their thing. It's, it, they're always moving forward. And, you know, so if you hear that and you, and, and any incarnation of it, okay. It doesn't matter if, if it's someone saying that's the way we've always done this or someone saying, Oh, you know, that's all I can do. Or, yeah, you know, I just don't have, I don't, I, don't, I can't do anything else or, you know, whatever the, the thing is, the version of it, uh, if you don't have that carrot or that, that moving forward mentality, I mean, you might as well just, you know, uh, you know, get, get your chip and, and, you know, just start, you know, doing whatever the government tells you, I guess. There you go. That's right, man. Yeah. Just get your chip and do what the government yeah, I mean, tells just, you. Yeah. Just, you know, just start, you know, clocking in, clocking out and, and do, I mean, I just, I, I long for more. Yeah, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, I, I don't want a government chip. I, I'd rather have some I Pringles. I want, I'd rather have Pringles myself, you know. 
that's the kind of chips I want, or some some nice tortilla chips, the lime tortilla chips you get at Kroger. Yeah, those are good. Wes, tell folks how they can connect with you, get get your podcast. Um, just tell folks how they can connect with you. They're they're going to want to connect with you, and and so tell them how they can do that. You can go to westwyatt.com or westwyatt.live, uh, and I'm also at you know westwyatt on pretty much everything. I've been, you know, a, a very, very early adopter of all the social media stuff. Um, you know, the funny thing, Brian, and, and when you said you wanted to have me on the show, I'm normally a behind the scenes guy. I mean, I do a podcast, you know, for myself, uh, but I do more stuff for other people behind the scenes, whether it's Randy that you're talking about with building wins or, you know, I do something called the, you know, warehouse safety tips, uh, you know, podcast and, I do, you know, lots and lots of stuff behind the scenes, but if somebody wants to get in touch with me and uh, find out, you know, how to kind of uh, figure out what they need to do, I always tell people, I coach people to sell themselves, not what they sell. Man, that's so good. Wes Wyatt, W-E-S-Y-A-W-Y-A-T-T. Listen, my West Virginia uh, illiteracy is kicking in, so... You know, when you're when you're fiftieth in the United Well, listen, Mississippi has a speed right now. We're 49th in, in <laughs> literacy. So we're you know, but uh but go to W E S W Y A T T dot com or dot live. That's Westwyatt.com or Westwyatt.live. West man, this has been so good, man. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.